I almost don't even have to say it because we always have great guests on this podcast. And this one is no exception. I can't think of a better way to kill a Saturday afternoon than have a beer with some great company. And that's exactly what we did. I I always enjoy talking with him. He's a great guy. He runs an even better podcast. Humboldt last week. If you don't know the name, you're doing yourself a disservice. Really. Google it. Check it out. Show some support. And please give it up. For the one, the only, Miles Cochran. Blisters are the best. Right, little records. Uh huh. Cheers, man. Cheers. It's good to have you back. Yeah, Holy man. Holy shit, it's new been a year, minute. New podcast episode with Nick. Whew. I, know, I thought I dressed that. appropriately. You usually have the hat. I like it. I I didn't wear a hat for you. I was like, you know what? I'll rock. I'll rock the gelled look. We can pull so it next out next time. I'll go without again. Okay. And then you'll probably go with. Okay. We'll, we'll just keep back swapping and back and forth. I like that. Love it. So how you been, man? I've been good, man. Living in the world of craziness. Yeah. Crazy enough, man. We're a little shielded up here, but... Thank God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, thankfully, we're in Humboldt, because things are getting wild out there. The rest the of the world's starting to go sideways. Yeah, man. Oh, it's it's these times we really appreciate the rural, you know, over yes. the, uh, the city and the uh, the craziness of uh, democracy is falling apart. And It kind of feels like that, right? Yeah. Definitely. I was kind of freaking out. With, I mean, with all this Russian-Ukraine stuff, it seems like... The world's kind of on a hair trigger right now. Oh, uh, yeah, man. I was like, mm. I mean, everybody's kind of looking back and they're like, gosh, you know, uh, they got their popcorn, they've got their popcorn out, but like, you don't want to, you know, look at this as entertainment. It's really serious what's happening right now. It's, uh, you know, if we're looking at this little democracy fall apart, what's going to happen to bigger democracies? So that's the thing, right? Is all of this is playing out on the world stage. And here we are in the beautiful north coast yeah just... yeah it's like that meme that was going around it's like wow you know as we sit here getting ready in the morning uh you know with our struggles of having to deal with like daylight savings time turning over you know it's like people are really really going through tragedies right now and traumas right now and it's uh it's important to keep that perspective in your life but also it's like wow uh what can we do how can we help you know a lot of people are like heading over to poland to hand out gear and stuff and i've been hearing about that yeah it's nice and did you hear that there were some bulletproof vests that were stolen in new york that were bound for ukraine really you hear about oh, that? no yeah. i didn't hear about like that. 140 or something they were donating oh my gosh somebody swiped them yeah i mean gosh it was just like the pandemic if if there's any sort of tragedy going around people are like how can i profit off of that you know uh human nature it, yeah really unfortunately the dark side of human nature yeah yeah i mean yeah definitely on the on the other side there's always people looking out to help you know it's like uh you have lots of guests on that are looking to help i saw that you had um oh what is it uh homegrown the the person from homegrown yeah yeah that's that's a really wonderful organization here it's like helping people i'm trying to blank on her name i was trying to Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, me too, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But, hey, anybody that uh, is on their podcast app right now listening to Growing Pains with Nicholas Flores, go to the the episode earlier, and there she is. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, helping out foster youth uh, that age out. She was telling me that um, 20% of foster youth that age out end up homeless. And, uh, 
you know, it's like, it's people like that, you know, getting their message out. That's, we're doing our little part in our little communities to, to try and, uh, you know, share and make the world a better place. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have that juxtaposition of like, what's all this craziness going on in the world? There's still people out there that care. That are doing good. Yeah. Yeah. You talk to somebody like that and you're like, damn, I need to start, I need to start doing something more. Yeah. Well, you're doing your thing. You know what I mean? Because you're talking to these people, you're getting the message I'm over here drinking a beer, doing a podcast, talking to you. I mean, this is hardly, hardly work. Yeah, this is a good Saturday, man. Yeah. Uh, Cheers to that though. I mean, how was your Friday night? Good. I've been just, just editing like crazy. This is my whole, my whole world now. I just go to work, go to the gym, and, and do the podcast. Really? Yeah. So, like, you, you didn't go out and do anything? I You're keep not it, certain to... I keep it so low-key. Yeah. My life is just... I try to keep it under the radar. This is my big outreach yeah. through this. Okay. Okay. So, why is that, do you think? Like, Because, I mean, talking to you before, you seem like you're kind of like, you know, post-college guy, lots of yeah. chilling with friends. Yeah. I just don't... I'm not a big drama guy. Yeah. And somehow, you, all, you always get sucked into drama once you start putting yourself out there more you know I and that. so i kind of keep my circle tight i'm friendly with everybody i love talking with everyone but try to keep my life as low stress as possible <laughs> that's been my mo for the past few months preach man I yeah mean, that's my I, i'm a dad though you yeah know? It's like, yeah you've got a built-in excuse oh i yeah. gotta go home to the kids yeah. you know yeah my friday night was a uh you know watching josie and the pussycats with my daughter uh and my girlfriend so like i mean shoot uh but then we watched this movie um, after Audrey went to bed. Uh, Host. Oh, I haven't seen. Have it. you seen that? Netflix. Uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I think uh, you know uh, I might have gotten it by means that are not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, we don't board. have to throw anything out there. <laughs> Sometimes you got to just stream movies however you can get them. Right. Got to do what you got to do. I mean, especially if Netflix keeps bringing up the prices. So. Listen, you're talking to a college kid. That was my whole career. Was yeah. just pulling movies wherever i could get them you see they're gonna start to like charge for password sharing i did hear about that i don't know what the cost is gonna be yes, yeah i mean it's they're just gonna charge you like another nickel and account? dime you yeah. every chance that they can get come right? on they're raking in so much cash Ugh. yeah i mean we're all over the place right now but it's like just this nickel and diming that i'm seeing especially whenever it comes to uh you know goods went up during the pandemic inflation yeah inflation i mean everything was just nuts but then you see profit margins also increase and wages not yeah but it's like these ceos are just sitting around and they're like oh people will understand if we raise prices and you know what we can raise them a lot higher than we have to not to make up for the uh additional costs that we have to pay and nobody will notice yeah but, but people are noticing man people are noticing these companies these fortune 500 uh you know smp 500 companies that are starting to boost their profit margins and i I think people should like seriously take a look at every single thing that they buy and realize like, I mean, are you supporting these people that are, that are profiting off of pain? Like we were just talking about, like, I'm not, I'm not going to do anyway. I digress, but I was talking about host. Um, dude, it was this, uh, awesome, scary movie made during the pandemic. So it was, um, all on zoom. Oh, wow. And so, uh, you know, these girls get together and then one guy and they're all doing like the zoom session and they're all talking kind of like a podcast, you know, and then they have a, uh, you know, a medium come in and try to try to awaken a spirit, you know, like a Ouija board spirit or something. And, uh, you know, and one of them doesn't take it seriously and then everything goes awry. But it was like it was perfect. It was like this one hour movie. And then sitting there like looking at it is like you can do so much whenever your life changes a lot. You know, this pandemic happened and it's like we were talking about adapting the last time we chatted. 
and just seeing the way that people can adapt um, and, and seeing the way that people can um, come up with new ways to move forward whenever we're dealt with pain and tragedy and, and despair and scariness and, you know, just, it's amazing to see. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I recommend checking that out, but it was, it was good. I'll have to, I'll have to look into it. I haven't yeah. seen a Zoom movie before. Yeah, it was an interesting idea, you know? Huh. Find out um, uh, how you can how you can use what you've got to, to do the best you can. Make something happen. Yeah, yeah. That is the good side of humanity, right, is our adaptability. And I think you kind of see that with Ukraine is all these people fighting to defend their homeland and the support and everybody rallying around each other. Yeah. And you also see it in films like that where, yeah. okay, we can't film like we normally would. So how are we going to make this happen and keep producing and keep making content and doing what we like? Yeah, yeah. How do you think uh, Zelensky is doing? I don't know. I, I think he's a good guy. I think he really has risen to the occasion. His calls for the MiG fighter jets and for all of that, it kind of worries me a little bit because that seems escalatory. It does, yeah. I am not well enough versed in world politics, but I think whatever we can do to not add fuel to the fire yeah. is very important. Yeah, it's like these hot button keywords that come up and it's like, air pilots or air jets or whatever and it's no fly zone the no the no fly zone should worry everybody yes because that is a big step and yet people senators are calling for it and it's, it's you not, sit there it's and not think, the time yeah. yeah it's like we just finished with one worldwide phenomenon where hundreds of these there are millions of people died you know let's let's not move on to another one yeah we don't need a war right now no. nobody does no and to and to go at it with russia especially is alarming they're, the amount of nukes they have. It's not a joke. Crazy. It's not like, a joke. It's like the equal, it, the amount of nukes they have is equal to NATO. It's just crazy for one country. I just, I don't know how we back out of this situation. I don't know where this goes. I don't know if anybody really does, right? Well, I mean, Putin's doing horrible things for his image and worldwide standing and yet he keeps going down do you feel like he is backing himself into a corner with these choices to where it has to escalate well uh you know well he has to come up with a way to to get out of this situation without you know losing more face i think um but again i'm not a i'm not an expert on these uh you know geopolitical issues but uh you know looking looking at him it just as a information guy you know, as a public information guy, as somebody that shares information with the public and somebody that, you know, tries to help an organization um, with their forward face. He's not really he's not really showing um, the upsides of Russia and he's not really showing the upsides of of his regime. You know what I mean? Not to us. Not to I mean, yeah. And there's people in Russia that believe the propaganda. Like I was just watching a video of somebody channel surfing in Russia. And it's like literally every single station is forced to play his speech. You know, it's, uh, it's a little scary. Very scary. Yeah. That is, that is the consequence that people have been talking about for a long time of censorship. Is that's where it can lead is you get this ultimate power and give it to one person and they decide this is the truth mm -hmm. and this is what we're going to repeat and this is what we're going to cram down everybody's throat and that shit is scary. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, you know, he's one of those same propagators of fake news. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I he mean, was saying it was a Nazi cleansing. That's yeah. why they went into Ukraine. That was one of the reasons he was spouting for a little while was, oh, we have to go take out the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. And and really, uh, his supporters in Russia do believe that that's what's going on, is that they need to go into Ukraine and destroy these neo-Nazis and that, you know, Ukrainians are provoking them and uh, committing acts of war crimes, you know. And it's, it's really, it's it's amazing seeing what these people are being spoon-fed and believing. Um, but it's it also, you know encourages you to look at things a little closer and a little deeper at home um kind of interesting it's like we have one of our local news organizations lost coast outpost and they do a really good job whenever they have reporters cover stuff in depth like i mean izzy's yeah i heard that she went over there yeah yeah good for her that's awesome i'm pumped for her um yeah i just mentioned her because i mean that's basically how we ended up meeting yeah but uh shout out to Isabella. Yeah, shout out to Izzy. And I think Loco does a really good job, but you know, the reason that they became so successful was because they started taking press releases and just releasing them immediately. You know, and this was at a time when the internet was changing so quickly that uh, people had access to information so quickly that people's uh you know, attention spans were a little bit lower and starting to get lower and continuing to get lower now, obviously. Uh, unfortunately so so you just take what any organization wants to say and you just plaster it up there immediately you know and people get the satisfaction of seeing that information right away seeing that headline right away Um, but before when it was you know newspapers and radio stations and stuff you had these reporters that um, you know not necessarily were were gatekeeping but they were educated gatekeepers of that information um, and trying to make sure that you know what was what's in this press release is this correct you know, have, can we verify this? Can we talk to some uh, sources that can verify what's in this? Um, you know, and, and really just taking that out of the equation whenever Russian TV is just literally playing what the government wants to say and nothing else, unless there's someone at the TV station that wants to hold get on screen and hold up a sign, uh, you know, it, it's, it's problematic. Do you think that this will lead us back into the realm of gatekeepers, particularly in a new setting? I was just listening to a really interesting interview. I don't know what her name was, but she was on um, Real Time. Turn off our heater here because we're cranking. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to take off my jacket, too. Um, And I asked that because I am generally opposed to gatekeepers. I think that... The court of public opinion, I guess, to some extent, or more so just the realm of good content and honest content should prevail. But, I mean, think about Russia right now. That's the problem, we right? We gatekeepers That's there. the problem. Yeah, because whenever your source is not trustable, you know, that's, that's, that's why those people existed. But, yeah, somebody was talking about, hey, you know, journalists used to be these, like, blue-collar people that would go and hit the streets and they would tell the story from the perspective of the regular everyday man and woman, you know, and then slowly in the eighties it shifted over and people that went to journalism school were like kind of like Ivy league college educated, you know, like highbrow people that look down on you, you know, and, and, and really that needs to change too. I think that if you do have an education as a journalist, you need to keep yourself in check and be very 100% uh, 
in tune with the fact that maybe you have a predisposition to boost the upper middle class and the higher class, you know? So, so we all have to look at this as a lens of like, through the lens of, Hey, um, who am I? Where is my standing? And then where's the world right now? You know? And I think right now, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you want to see the lower class rise and do better. You want to see the lower middle class do better. And I think that's what our politics all boils down to at this point. It's not about, um, you know, some of the virtue signaling stuff that I'm seeing lately or some of the woke stuff or, you know, conversely, some of the the, uh, anti-environmentalist stuff. You know what I mean? There's like all kinds of weird signaling that you're seeing, all these weird symbols that you're seeing out there. But I think when it all comes down to like, hey, if you actually put these people all in a room together and they break bread together and they have dinner... Like they mostly just care about, I want my PG and E bill to be like lower and I want to eat good food and I want to support local mom and pops. And, you know, like I want to watch a good movie and I want to laugh. And, and really these are the things that, that we should be focusing on right now is like not Republican, not Democrat, because both parties are just so far gone and it's been so polarized. Like we need to start thinking about, well, do these people really just want to bring communities up, you know, and, and help them rise up. So, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that that's what, uh, the oligarchs over in Russia want right now. I think that's a fair assumption. Yeah. I I think we could say that confidently. They want their yachts and they want their, uh, they, the, yeah. I mean, they want more taxpayers. They want, those Ukrainians to start paying in to the oligarch lifestyle. Do you think that having a gatekeeper would help in that situation? Because Russia is unique in that Putin essentially is the gatekeeper. That's why, that's why we're in America, man. Uh, That's why this country was founded is because we want believed in the freedom of speech and uh, freedom of expression. And uh, you know, the first amendment, that's why it's number one is, you know, we have the ability to, be critical of those in power. And, uh, you know, speaking in, uh, in terms through the lens of a journalist, you know, that's, that's why I got into that profession is like, I wanted to be able to like hold people accountable, you know, and when you can't do that in a country that's supposedly a democracy, that's, that's a huge, huge problem. I mean, have you seen the, the election numbers from Putin? No, I haven't. You have a guy like that where there's constantly people protesting against his regime. You see it everywhere. I mean, there's people holding signs in Russia. They're not happy with the way that he's going about life. And he, they're not happy with the way that he's running that country. Yet he's winning elections by like 80%. You know, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it's just like insane. You don't see anybody winning elections dem- democratically with numbers that he gets. And it's because those elections are not elections. It's it's a fake democracy, you know. Anybody that's critical of him, any journalist that's critical of him, they just disappear. Well, that's the thing. It's fear, right? There was a I read an article about a model who was talking shit about him, saying all this stuff, and they found her in a suitcase. Yeah, yeah, and you but that's know, what that's what happens out there if yeah. you start. If you have a dissenting opinion from his opinion, mm-hmm. well, you should keep that to yourself because it's not going to end well. 
No, no. And yeah, I mean, look at what those uh, there at the space station, the Russian astronauts recently did as they were um, they were seen on video wearing blue and yellow. Did you see that? I did not. Yeah. I heard that they were they were launching or something. Yeah, I mean I didn't know they were in blue and yellow. Yeah, yeah. So, um there's a there's a Russian space station or whatever and they were seen um I don't even know wh- why they were on camera. Uh you know, they always do these like sort of PR things or like interview things whatever. And and they were dressed up in blue and yellow and it's like it makes you think, well, <laughs> maybe do they want to like return to the united states whenever they come back from space because you say were yeah you know because they don't want to end up in a suitcase either what worries what really worries me is how do you how do you change that with a guy like that what do you what can you do and especially where he's kind of buddying up with china now and that's the same thing with china right i think we can acknowledge that is yeah 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 democratic elections aren't really a thing (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, we have the comfort of being able to say what's on our mind. And we also, you know, have the ability to offer a caveat that we are not, you know, geopolitical, uh, political scientists. But uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I, I think that assassination is in order, personally, um, you know, or something like that. He needs he you needs think to somebody be needs removed. to take him out. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that it just that's how that's how things can get better over there. I'm not saying it's what's going to happen. That is so great. Imagine this is how crazy the world is over here especially. We can say that talking about another foreign leader and you could even say that about Joe Biden. I wouldn't recommend that. But nobody's going to you might have some people come to your house and say, <laughs> "Hey, we're going to talk about this podcast episode where you said, "Hey, we need to yeah. take out Joe." Oh boy. But yeah. you're not going to nobody's going to kill you. You're going to be able to go to work Monday morning and yeah. your life's going to move on. You might have some more eyes on you, but <laughs> yeah. or even let's go Brandon. You can say that and there aren't really any repercussions. But if you yeah. said that in Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Adios. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of weird like hearing Putin and, and Biden compared in the same sentence because they're very different people who believe in very different things. Uh, you know, I mean, sure, there's definitely people that are calling for assassinations in like literally every country in the in the world uh but yeah i mean i don't know if i would go that far i mean would you have you ever been that angry at a president that you'd hope that they would be assassinated no i don't think no at a usa president no not no i've never thought anybody should be assassinated hitler okay fair that's a fair point (laughs) stalin hitler yeah okay (laughs) i think the difference is That's one of the things people like to throw around is a comparison between Hitler and Putin. I've seen that a lot, especially right now. But I don't... Is it, though? It is. I mean, Hitler killed a lot of people. Hitler killed a lot of people. So is Putin. Yeah, but not on the same... I think in his lifetime, I don't think he's killed six million people. Yeah. But I think where he has been a part of the KGB, and he clearly is not afraid of poisoning people and doing what he has to do to maintain power. I bet he's killed a lot of people. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know, and the difference between the two is, like, he doesn't have a long-standing history of of writing um, and putting out sort of propaganda about how one race is better than the other. 
um, at least as far as I, I don't understand it. Again, caveat, you know, I'm not a political scientist. Yeah, we're just talking shit. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So. I think my hesitation comes from the fact there's no justification for what Hitler did. There, you can't even try to play devil's advocate with that. Mm-hmm. You kind of can to some extent with what's happening in Ukraine. And this is coming from somebody who's completely uneducated. So if I'm way off base, just roll your eyes at me and I'll be like, all right, we're going to we're going to rethink that. No, no, spit it. I get some of the sentiment from Putin's view where, hey, we don't want NATO taking up Ukraine. We don't want, you know, Western weapons in Ukraine right on our border. But why? Why? Why does he not want NATO to bring in Ukraine? Well, we wouldn't want. Russia doing anything with Mexico or with Canada or Cuba. I mean, that was a longstanding problem. Yeah. I think he's going about it the wrong way. You can't just invade a foreign country like that. He already and did. I know. That's the he, problem. I mean, but he you, did it to Georgia. He did it to Crimea. Yeah. And, and now it, he's got the DNR right there that they're trying to fight for him. And it's escalating because, you know, it's, it, he's like, okay, well, let's, let's start with small potatoes and, and move up to the entire entire potato farm eventually until like you know it's you the think, USSR again. Do you think that's the plan? Is to it's not just oh, about Ukraine; yeah. it's the whole thing. Oh heck yeah! Uh-oh. I mean, shoot, you know he's done with Ukraine. Like, what are we in ten years? Are we talking about Poland? Uh, you know, when does it stop? Because it hasn't at this point. You know, does like if you do see a trend, it's like there's Georgia and then there's Crimea and then now there's Ukraine. He's a he's an escalating guy, and he's he did do that smartly because he did it with so many years in between, you know. And it really, it's like it's it's crazy what he's been able to accomplish. Well, when you're um, in power like that, yeah. When yeah. you're in power like that, you can play. That's one of the threatening things about China is they're not playing in four year terms. They're playing in decades. Yeah, they're playing the long game yeah. of we just have to wait them out. Yeah, and yeah. that's what Russia can do. I mean, Putin's been president since the 90s is it late 90s yeah i think late I mean, 90s could be yeah we could probably verify hold on but still are that, what do you what else are you gonna do with all that time you're gonna think a plan up and you're gonna execute it over however many years or decades it takes okay how long has putin say like 97 Oh, no, 2012 to president. Really? To president, yeah. Dmitry, uh, oh, I'm going to destroy his name. Medvedev from 2008 to 2012. Oh, but he was, Putin was president from 2000 to 2008. So there was a, uh, there was a break. And then before that, it was Boris Yeltsin. Oh. 1991 to Okay, I'm full of shit. I did not know that. Yeah. Interesting. So he took a break and then said, no. Nah. I got to I got to start running this ship again. Right. I got to go back to the top. <laughs> okay, yeah, some well, may argue that we probably should have known that before even launching this conversation. Well, that's all part of the fun. Yeah. So if it is that's the problem. If it doesn't stop at Ukraine, then my argument's mute because it's not just about protecting a border, it's about rebuilding the Russian brand and the Soviet Union and restoring it to its former glory. If that's the ultimate plan, that's that's a problem. Well, That's a yeah. real problem. And you got to look at like, let's stop looking at this from a macro perspective and just start looking at like the psychology of it, you know? 
how are people like Stalin and Hitler inspired? And and I think if you look at it closely, it's like there's a lot of like psychological things going on. Like Hitler was just like, no, you're not going to be an artist. And he just got all pissed off and messed up in his head. You know what I mean? That's what happens if you don't chase your dreams. Yeah. You got you to gotta follow your heart, man. And, and really, it's like, I think like Putin just has like a little man complex, you know? And he's also, deep down, he's probably corrupted by greed, by money, by oligarchs, and, uh, you know, and by power. And that we've seen how that doesn't stop. Check Breaking Bad. I mean, look at, look at the, uh, Look at the um, evolution of Walter White from, you know, high school math teacher to, <laughs> or high school science teacher to the kingpin kingpin that he was at the end. You know, I th- I think that's pretty interesting to see, like, just the psychology one hundred and one of it all. But well, then, do you think we can stop Russia from taking Ukraine if they really want it? If this, if Putin's not going to give up, because what's the next step? I think we need to hurt him. And I think we're doing so. I don't think sanctions are necessarily going to like make Putin turn around and be like, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here. Do you think the sanctions are a good call? Absolutely. You got to make them hurt. You know what I mean? It's like, think of, think of being bullied as a kid or whatever. And there's like, clearly this guy's bullying you and he's bigger than you. Well, he's going to keep bullying you unless you freaking fight back. You know what I mean? You don't have to win, but you have to make them hurt, you know? Do you think that we're hurting the Russian people too much, though? Because it doesn't seem like a lot of Russians are on his side, right? Uh-huh. I don't know what percentage that would be. I would encourage everybody listening to this, if you, if you, if there's anything in your mind that makes you hate Russian people right now, look closer at the problem. It is not the Russian people that we are mad at right now. It is the people that are making decisions in Russia. It's the top. You know, the Russian people, I don't think they want this. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. But what say do they have? Yeah. And I, my fear is that, because these sanctions are a lot, and taking them off of the swift banking and, you know, effectively trying to collapse our economy is a lot, and it's going to hurt the people. And I worry that that reinforces their faith with Putin, and they get a, you know, fuck the West attitude. We're going to dig in deeper instead or, of turning on him. Or they say, wow, this never this never even had to happen. You know what I mean? Like every single person that has died, Russian, Ukrainian, every single person that has died so far, it's they didn't have to. None of the death had to happen. So whenever you're paying more at the grocery store and at the gas pump, it's like maybe you're thinking this didn't have to happen either. So I think that's part of it too is like, hey, you know – Maybe people are thinking about it that way. You know, it's like whenever whenever we see prices change here at home at the gas pump, even before all this start started happening, I would hope that people would say, hey, maybe the president doesn't have a little like gauge in the Oval Office that goes from like low to high for gas prices that, you know, there's a lot of things going on that impact gas prices. It's not just the president that's deciding how much to charge the citizens because if that was the case gas would always be hella cheap so that they would get elected every single time you know that's not what they want 
um, it's it's a really complicated issue. And I, I would hope that like Russians would also say, okay, I'm paying for more. Maybe there's more going on here than just war. Maybe, oh, wow, maybe our country isn't doing the right thing, you know? You would hope so. Yeah. That's putting a lot of faith in people's ability to see the full picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'd yeah, I, and really, if they're they're drinking the propaganda juice, uh, you know, there's only so much you can do. It's uh, it's pretty interesting though. You look at the demographics of the people that believe the propaganda over there in Russia, and it seems to be the older generation. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, older white male generation. Wasn't everybody in Russia white? Do they have a pretty mixed population? I don't know. I mean, shoot, you don't have a drink called the Black Russian, do you? That, uh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like uh i think there's, there's there's definitely black russians i don't know i mean same same over here it's like it just depends on where you go mm. yeah but yeah yeah i mean this is a this is a strange time and then it's it's weird like pulling back and like looking at all the devastation that's happening right now and like the possibility of world war three and the the high prices and inflation and gas prices and everything and then and it's like, oh, we actually have other issues that are going on at home that we also need to be focused on. Real issues, infrastructure, yeah, these bridges yeah. that are collapsing all over the place. Yeah. The roads. Yeah. I mean, especially up here are just ridiculous. That infrastructure bill is probably gonna help that uh that we passed last year. I hope so. They say it's yeah. not enough though, right? Right, yeah. Well it's like people people try to make it based like the art of the deal, man. It's like Oh, do I do I need ten? Well, I'm gonna say that I want twenty, so that whenever we negotiate, I at least get my ten. Mm-hmm. You know, so hopefully it's enough. But uh, we're starting to see some benefits. That's for damn sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, building our country back is really important right now, and and really getting back to normal is important right now. Are you starting to do more things? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think COVID's pretty much over up here. I haven't even really heard anybody talk about it anymore. Yeah. Since the Ukraine thing popped off, yeah, COVID kind of just fell onto the back burner. Yeah. Well, and arguably at St. Joe's, they'd probably be like, "Shut your mouth, like, yeah. smack us right now," because yeah, I mean, they're still seeing like people go in there and on ventilators and dying and stuff. And are there? I didn't. I don't even know what case counts are up here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they started doing the numbers last, right? But yeah, I mean, uh, I think we're well. They've got their next news cycle now up to 150 or nearing 150 deaths which you know it's like anybody wants to say that covid was like the flu well you look at flu deaths over the years in humboldt county and i think like two has been a big year for us you know so this thing was was real and it's still happening and unfortunately people are still dying from it it sucks but i just saw a headline that like we may have another spike in cases you know and that's it's not fun nobody wants that to happen but yeah, you know, hopefully people are taking precautions, uh, whatever they think is, is a comfy precaution that they want to take. They should, you know what I mean? Uh, we, we got to prepare for everything, right? You know, we don't go to play a football game without a helmet on. And uh, those helmets don't even really help. That's the crazy part. A little. Those, you get the traumatic brain injury. What is that? CTE. CTE, that's what yeah, I was yeah. thinking, yeah, which is a crazy thing. I'm so glad it's I never up. played football. I got to talk to, I got to ask Alex Kappa about that. You heard of, he, you heard of this name? Wait, he went to HSU? Yeah. Okay. Went to Humboldt State University, was a I mean, lumberjack. He's playing for the 
Bengals? He that's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 I he, saw. Uh, I saw your episode on that. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's how I, I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, Can you talk yeah, about? Yeah. Where did I hear that? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's just this like total. You know, he grew up in the Bay Area, came up to go to HSU. You know, really hit the lumberjack iron hard whenever he went to play football at HSU, and uh, became this monster of an offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, gets to play with Tom Brady, won a Super Bowl with them. You know, and then goes on to uh, sign with the Bengals this year. Uh, $40 million four-year contract. I mean, gosh, he's making 10 million. How crazy million is that? Year. We thought his, you know, we thought his rookie contract, like, we were like, wow, he's he's a millionaire now. But, oh, my gosh, he's a multi $40 million. But when I, I got to talk to him when he was going to HSU, and I asked him a few questions. And, like, you know, I hit him with, like, the hard questions. Like, it was kind of a hard-hitting interview. Like, good for him for just answering every question diplomatically but i was like kneeling you know cte uh money management all of these difficult questions and he fielded them all fantastically like i cannot think of like a more a smarter nfl player you know having having seen some interviews with nfl players and having interviewed him he's just he's got a good head on his shoulders he's definitely got that humble mentality you know good for him but yeah, yeah. I mean, brain injury, jeez. It's a scary thing. Yeah, got to take care of that head. Is that interview online? Yeah. I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, and it was back when, um, I think now the way that I want to put out my interviews is like completely separate from podcast episodes because I feel like the episodes, it's just like, it's nice if you just have 10 minutes, you want to catch up on the news, you know, you didn't have a chance to read stuff in depth for the last week. But back then, it was kind of like, oh, I would do that and then play the interview at the end of everything. And it's like these pod, those pods ended up being a little bit longer. But yeah, I think it's you can still find it if you Google it, like Humboldt Last Week, Alex Kappa. Oh, cool. I'll yeah. have to check that out. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice talking to him. And actually, my old coworker, uh, Andrew Getz, helped set that up. He, he started a local podcast, um, Humboldt Sports Talk. He's since moved from the area. But um, he he put out this like sports podcast for local sports and it was fantastic. It was awesome. I think like Ray Hamill should probably do that. I don't even I don't even know him very well, but he does the Humboldt Sports website. Okay. Yeah, like if he if he did like a like ten minute like recap podcast, I would listen to that every week. Just like hear how the teams are doing and going. Like the pandemic made me really want to watch live sports a lot, you know, because it was just like, really? I'm like watching the NBA with like fake crowds and like canned in sounds The crowds was stuff. insane. Right? Yeah. They had the little cardboard cutouts and it was like, what are we, what? Yeah, it just, it felt so empty. And it's just like this like hole, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's like there's something missing. But uh, yeah, you know, and so like we started going to Humboldt State University games or Cal Poly Humboldt basketball games more. Those are so fun. Oh, yeah. I watched a guy win an SUV at halftime. Was that the golf Yes. what he's been talking about I, yes. I didn't see it supposedly there's a video out on it i haven't seen the video yet. yeah the video i mean it was pretty cool it's like it was it's cheap because how do you sink a putt on a basketball court so they just have like this like cardboard thing with like a little hole mm-hmm. and then he you know hits the putt from all the way across the gym oh it was a full court shot full court shot oh shit and yeah. he sunk it and he sunk it man i mean it, yeah but also it's like you know Sorry to him if he hears this, but it also like hit the board and then kind of like the momentum of it like pushed it into the hole. Hey, whatever, hey, whatever counts, whatever, counts. Yeah, yeah whatever's clever. Good for him. I would take that too. I'd be like, this is in. I don't know yeah. what anybody else has to say about it, but 
Like supposedly, like they've been doing that promo for years, and nobody's ever won. And so, like, we went to go watch HSU basketball. Or uh, you Cowboy were there home. when it happened. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I bet the, the crowd, crowd was going. Nuts. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. And the, going to those Cal Poly Humboldt basketball games, men or women, it's just the energy in there is like fantastic. But uh, we ended up starting to buy those. Uh, you know, it's like ten bucks extra. You go to the seat back section. Mm-hmm. You know, because because I'm a grown ass adult, thirty year old. You know, thirty three year old man. Can't sit on a bench. Come Can't on. Can't just be sitting on a bench hurting my butt. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited for that more, like seeing like local sports more and crabs games and HSU bass or Cal Poly Humboldt basketball games. I know it's, it's a weird. Hard it's weird hearing you say Cal Poly Humboldt. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard somebody say it out loud. Yeah, it's like Shit. I'm a Cal Poly Humboldt alumni. Uh, it's it's odd to say that because it's just like mm, doesn't 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 hit yet. It's like you know the end of the year end of the year whenever you have to start writing the new year you yeah just and you do keep it writing for a month 2021 it's like oh shit it's, yeah. it's, okay let's yeah i think people have a grace period there but yeah i mean the cal poly humboldt thing i mean that's really good i, th- I don't think people realize that when something like that happens and you're getting like half a billion dollars from the state to like build new facilities not only on campus in arcata but also in eureka like you're bringing in more people you're bringing in more science background people like people don't realize like even if you don't give a crap about Cal Poly Humboldt that is such a huge benefit for this community and even if it's just like Arcata and Eureka that are seeing the benefits like there's a ripple effect of the economies you know and it's like it's I I was a minor in economics um at school and and really it's like i think just the average person is like oh yeah humble state you know those hoity-toities but like they don't realize like a move like that is like huge for us like it's going to be it's going to be long-standing positive economics for us you know there's a lot of things like that going on right now in Humboldt that are just huge we have a lot of very interesting developments going on yeah there's the the hatchery thing what is the fishery oh yeah the fish out farm in Samoa, the fish farm yeah there's that huge development they're going to do out at redwood fields that you know 300 plus development deal i i don't know if it was i can't think of the name of who got it um but they're going to build more housing more yeah. housing they're going to have I that think, arcade restaurants or something gateway back there plan too. is pretty huge where there's like seven thousand more uh people could be potentially have housing in Arcata. That's crazy. You know, it's like you see those huge developments happening. The offshore wind energy, that's really big. That's going to be a monster economic help for us. The fiber optic line from Singapore. Have they started laying that? I haven't heard anything about it. Okay. Yeah, there's actually, um, I mean, if you drive 255 now, the the delays that you're dealing with right there are actually related to that. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty interesting. Huh. So they're they're laying the uh, you know, the the lines for that or they're prepping um they're prepping for that. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be huge, you know. That's that's huge tech money. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that does to the local economy. Yeah, that, yeah. we start getting some and more accessibility some too tech for jobs. communities yeah. getting better access and stuff, you know, world you know, not worldwide, but uh, nationwide because of it. Um, that fiber optic line is going to be big and hopefully Humboldt can see some of those benefits because it goes straight to our, our hood, you know, but yeah, yeah. The thing with HSU and the fiber optic line, the new developments and stuff, it's like, yeah, our housing prices are high, but I think that they're going to keep going up 
because I don't know when they're going to stop going up. It's crazy. Yeah. The market is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I've seen one, I keep talking about this all the time, but I've seen one bedrooms going for, you know, 12, 13, 1400 bucks a month. Houses, two bedroom, one baths going for yeah. 350, $400,000. You here too and you can yeah. compare the prices to what they used to Ridiculous. be. Ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, and after, uh, you know, the um, 2008 fiscal crisis in the nation and we started seeing all those, um, uh, what do you call them? houses they're foreclosed houses like whenever i first started looking at houses in humboldt there were so many foreclosures on the market and they were just dirt cheap i mean some of those houses like that i was looking at back then like 2011 or something they were like two hundred thousand dollars they're like on the market for six hundred thousand dollars now it's just nuts and in as is condition that's the crazy thing we're i've yeah. seen houses that are run down yeah that have dry rot that need new roofs have leaks yeah and they're going for 500,000 plus yeah well and a big part of it too is like um i talked to this guy over at cal poly humboldt he was a economics professor over there and he posited the idea that we're starting to see a lot of um uh people coming from like central california because of wildfires you know because we're not quite as susceptible to wildfires here in humboldt and that makes a lot of sense. It's like we're getting some of those people coming into and they've got the money to to pay for the better climate and the awesome nature that we have here. I mean, we have so much to do. And the remote tech jobs, that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. Because if you're, like you said, you're in the Bay Area, you're making, you know, $100,000, $200,000 a year and you come up here and can still earn that because mm. technically you're working down there. But, oh yeah, $500,000 for a house, that's cheap. Yeah, yeah. That's ch- I'll take it. I yeah. don't even need to see it. I'll take it. You got like wing inflatables doing military contracts, huge money. And you've got like, you know, Mad River Brewery hitting the uh, uh, San Francisco Giants Stadium now. And oh, I did hear about that. Yeah. That's a big contract. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You start to see all this like cool stuff that's coming into Humble and out of Humble. Not just cannabis, but all kinds of other stuff. Hopefully the cannabis industry can fix itself. Do you know anything about that? Because I don't. I've um, been hearing about this tax problem and all these local farmers are saying, oh, we can't, we yeah. can't maintain this. We're yeah, going to collapse I mean, under it. I know the basics of it. You know, it's probably the same stuff that you've seen in the headlines. It's just that, you know, the, the industry is really struggling right now. Um, and it was because of, you know, too many producers hitting the market at the same time, too much product hitting the market at the same time and uh, prices just plummeting. You know, and so when it used to be like some of these growers grow some pretty awesome Humboldt stuff, you know, we're known for that throughout the world. And they're, you know, they're sometimes we're able to get 3,000, 4,000 bucks for a freaking pound. And now they're like 500 bucks a pound or whatever. I don't know the exact numbers of it, but it's just, you know, it's it's pretty bad right now. And, and really, um, to anybody that says, oh, cannabis has done such horrible things for our community. Well, it's not all cartels that are growing cannabis here in Humboldt County. There have been a lot of people, especially in Southern Humboldt, that are upstanding community members that did this not for profit or for greed, but just to make a living with the land, with a agricultural product to help others. And also they would donate things to schools and donate money to um, you know programs that were helpful in the community. You know, the black market in Humboldt County before um, before we passed legalization here in the state, it was uh, 
pretty heftily responsible for like some people would say as as high as 40 percent of our economy was based in cannabis yeah people don't want to recognize that or yeah. acknowledge it yeah so yeah this is this is a big part of you know our economy up here yeah. is yeah. this and people still just shit all over it yeah and at least 72 percent of statistics are made up on the spot i gotta stop throwing around <laughs> statistics but yeah <laughs> yeah but uh i mean it's true it's like uh and so um a little bit of tax help is really good. So what happened recently with the um, Board of Supervisors is that they gave them a huge tax break for this year. So, um, you know, cultivators are going to be able to hopefully see some benefits from that. And then they're also, um, you know, pushing at the state level to get some uh, state tax relief as well. And that really should help. Um, kind of, you know, through my lens and what I've dealt with, you know, it's like, um, you know, I started looking at the stock market a little bit, um, you know, and I wasn't one of those like GameStop people <laughs> from last year. Wall but that Street was Feds. interesting. That was very it interesting. Was, it was exciting to see how it played out up until Robin Hood and the big boys said, no, we're done. Yeah. And shut yeah. it down. Oh, yeah. And and really, there was, there was so much wrong with that. And but that it, should be a wake up call for a lot of people. I think it poked a hole in the system. And I think people are starting to wake up and realize, hey, you know, there's something to this. And I hope that everyday people that start investing now don't day trade because that's a casino. You know what I mean? It's, it's really, it's like if you're going to put money into that market, they say invest 10% of your savings and that's it and cap it there. And they say, don't check the account every day. And some of the, um, some of the better investors will say, don't check your account hardly ever. Like maybe every five years, look at it, you know, Consider that money um, as something that potentially could all go away, but also, you know, um, you're you're putting yourself in the running for a little bit of a gain. Um, and so, anyway, like you know, I made I made a couple of small investments last year, and some of them really panned out, you know. Um, but one of them, I put I put I put a little bit of money into a uh, cannabis ETF, and I mean that sucker is down like fifty percent right now. You know, it, and I think a lot of people at that time, they were like, oh, well, you know, the pandemic's happening. Let's like start investing into some of these, you know, into some of these things that like agricultural products and like groceries and, you know, and things that everybody needs on a day to day basis whenever the economy is rough and in a bad shape and in bad shape. And, you know, you'll kind of notice like trends of like beer doing well at times like that or tobacco products doing well at times like that so i'm like okay i'll put a little money in cannabis plummeted <laughs> but uh i'm hoping because i didn't i didn't sell it you know i'm because i'm the type of investor that's willing to sit on things 15 years you know i'm hoping that the the industry writes itself and i i talk about this like i have a lot of money in it it's 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 chump change, you know, what I have in it. But it was, I just mostly did it as kind of like, a, hey, you know, let's see what happens here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're they're in a hole and hopefully they can dig themselves out because it's really important here for them to do well. Yeah, I think we would see a major hit if a lot of them collapsed up here. Mm. I do not think that would be a good thing. So it was a supply. We had too much supply and the tax rate was a little too high. That was the, especially, the especially for small farmers. And I think the huge um, issue a lot of small farmers and the the, um, the problem that a lot of small farmers saw with legalization whenever it happened was that it wasn't done in a way that would like protect them. They worried that, you know, Marlboro Greens would come in and just destroy all of them, 
you know, and, and we've kind of seen that a lot. There's a lot of big problem. There's a lot of big companies that have come in that aren't really necessarily Humboldt local, um, come in and, and make a lot of money. And so, you know, I think this community, whenever they see the passage of pro- uh, projects, they, they do factor that in and, you know, props to the County for doing the best that they can do. And, and hopefully they're not dropping the ball too much. It seems like they've done a lot of things that are helpful for the farmers, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, a caveat again, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a cannabis expert, but, um, hopefully, you know, from what I've seen, I've seen that whenever that industry does well, that our economy does well locally. Mm-hmm. So I had Jillian Levy from Humboldt apothecary yeah. on the podcast. Amazing. She's so cool. And that's a local business, and it was cool getting to see that side and talk to somebody that's actually in that world. I should reach back out to her and try to talk about the tax stuff because I've been hearing about that and hearing that, hey, if we don't do something, a lot of people are going to go underwater. Yeah. But yeah. it's good to hear that the county stepped up and, and it was trying. It was a huge tax break. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that are outside of the industry were very critical about the uh, loss, the millions of um, – projected lost revenue in taxes um over giving them such a break but um you know it just goes back to that you got to spend money to make money um, and if it collapses then there's not going to be any potential for money that's the thing so yeah, yeah you give them a tax break this year if and yeah slowly try to recoup that back over the next few years but if everybody's out of the industry and they just let marlboro greens take over you know that's then, not good for anybody yeah yeah no it doesn't help you know, and, and really, um, yeah, you got to support local. You got to buy local food, you know, go to farmer's markets if you can, go to local restaurants owned by mom and pops. And I think um, we're starting to see a huge wave of that. Um, a friend of Humboldt last week, Rhonda from Beck's Bakery, she's a sponsor of the program. So I should, and I'm not trying to just shout out all my sponsors. That's tacky. <laughs> but. <laughs> She uh, she just wrote something up, um, and I really liked it. It was just about um, the supply the supply chain issues that we saw during the pandemic, and there was a, a shortage of flour. And um, you know, she she brought up how the they source their flour pretty local, like you know they they get it from a farmer that they know, and it's close to Humboldt. And um, you know, they were still able to make bread during that time. And so, but, and she wasn't saying, Hey, look what we did, but they're saying, Hey, whenever times get tough, you know, hopefully you have some, um, some ways to, uh, to get you through that, grow your own food, support the local farmers, support the farmers markets and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's nice seeing that, you know, I I think we have a community that really cares about, um, sustainability, uh, through tough times because we've seen a few tough times. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad for my brothers and my sister, you know, cause they're like early twenties, um, late teens. So in their lifetime, they've basically seen like the, the upset of nine 11, the collapse of 2008, um, pandemic, potential world war right now you know like it's just it's been it's been rough for your generation just i mean do you feel that does that does do you can you do you have something that to compare that to i've been thinking about it that's funny you brought it up because over the past few weeks i've really been thinking about it and you might be the right person to talk to just because you're a little bit older than me barely yeah 
and I'm I'm wondering in that is is this just how life is? Is that life is a series of these almost catastrophic events and it you just progress through it or you don't. And luckily we've always progressed through it yeah. in the world. But you don't realize that as a kid because your life is consumed with school and with how, you know, going to this class or meeting this girl or, you know, trying out for this team. And then after high school and more so after college, well, a little bit in college, you start to get that awakening of, oh, this is the real world. Mm -hmm. And then you start to notice these events and you start to see them. And I don't, I don't know. Is that how life always is? Maybe I should talk to someone who's like... 90 yeah say, hey is this just what life is is all these crazy things that continuously happen every few years or is it just now like yeah. in the past 20 years that it's just been chaotic initially what i wanted to say is you know like i i grew up as a kid in the 90s you know in the early 2000s and uh i a lot of people like to say like the 90s were a really good time for us you know and, and really as a nation they they kind of were you know, but um, at the same time, you know, looking back on it, I just wasn't aware of the Gulf crisis um, in the early 90s. And and I wasn't, you know, privy to all the, the challenges that were going on in the nation. It was a really polarized time in the 90s, too, for a while there. A lot of people didn't realize that we basically went all like, you know, hardcore left and hardcore right of a president getting a BJ. So, you know... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't really know. You know, I I I think a historian would probably be better, like a U.S. historian or you know, journalist who's been around for a lot longer than me. Because you're you're only twenty seven. I know. I'm um I'm thirty three. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah but you still, I mean, you're you're young enough where you kind of fall into the same boat that I just laid out. Where yeah. it's like we're still. We, I mean, we didn't get to see the 70s and the 80s. Especially when I started paying attention. Yeah. You know, like really when I started paying attention, it seemed like, oh, wow, there's a lot of rough A lot things. of shit going on. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, um, you know, that all, that all needs to be put into perspective. It's like we're pretty shielded here in California, in Northern California, in this rural community that we're in that seems to care about others as a whole for the most part. Um you know, and, and we seem to like try to pick each other up whenever we're down, you know, I, I, I would like, I should, I should probably do a story on this and try to find some data, like GoFundMe data, local GoFundMe data. Cause I've seen some things out there that suggest that Humboldt County is the most generous of all communities in terms of like donating to GoFundMe and nationwide. Like yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, like per capita, you know, I think more residents here give than probably most places in the United States. I've seen that a lot. I haven't seen the actual concrete numbers, but I've heard that a lot. And and it really, you know, it goes to show the um, the types of people that are here. Yeah, and sure, there's a lot of folks that are just kind of like, I don't give a damn about anybody. And all I care about is my own roof. And, and that's that's okay, too, you know, I guess. But, well, and, and I wouldn't say it's okay, but it's it's it is what it is it happens in every community you know we all know those people um but yeah i mean and there's also households with people like like you that are getting out messaging of positive things that are going on in the world you know talking to the uh the homegrown folks or talking to the people that care about the cannabis economy and um you know 
keep on keep on doing it, dude, because because you're rocking it. It's been fun. Yeah. It's I mean, it's not some. I'm not out here trying to save the world. I guess I mean I'm just a guy in a garage having a beer, you know. And yeah. I take more out of this than anything. This yeah. is just fun for me. Well, and, and, and pe- helping people get their message out too. Yes. You know, and getting a well-rounded view of life. That's, I think, you have to talk to people and especially talk to people that come from different worldviews and different circumstances and different beliefs than you. Otherwise, you're not a real person. Mm-hmm. You just have this, you're in this box of, oh, this is what I believe, but nobody's ever challenged you on yeah. that. And you just think, yep, this is, this little four by four box is my life and yeah. I'm going to live in that. And that's a scary thought. Have you had an episode where you just kind of left and you're like, wow, I never thought I would change my mind about that subject, but I did. I've had a lot of wild episodes. Yeah. I've had episodes where I left kind of shaking because I was so amped up. Like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. What what was that? Yeah. I've had episodes where people have challenged me, yes. And I've it's caused me to reevaluate how I think about a certain thing for better. I've also had conversations where people have tried to do that and it's come across the wrong way. And luckily for me, reinforced my belief because I was countered with a bad belief. Mm. And so it strengthens, okay, this is a good idea. So keep holding on to this one until somebody comes along with a better one. But people are so variable and so dynamic. I mean, you sit down with somebody for 20 minutes and you could have your mind blown or think this person's fucking crazy. What am I doing? What am I doing right here? What are we even talking about? Where is this going? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's so much fun. Even and, well, the, and that makes the uh, the good conversations better. Right? They've all been, I, I've enjoyed every conversation I've had for sure. Some of them more than others, of course. Yeah. We're human. Some of them have challenged me in different ways. Yeah. But I mean, that's the same. You go talk to five random people on the street and you're going to have that. That's yeah. just people. Yeah. That's just communicating. I really like the idea of trying to like have more just coffees with people that have different perspectives than I do, you know, it's and a, just listen. It's a challenge. Yeah. I'm sure you know that. But for the people that aren't communicating with people with different beliefs on the regular, yeah, some people don't like that. And when they find out you have a different belief, they kind of, they'll shut down on you in a weird way rather than talk about it and say, okay, we disagree, uh-huh. but we're going to have this conversation and we're going to see where it goes and you might leave the same way and I might leave the same way and nothing changes, but at least we talked yeah. and we're cordial and had a pleasant conversation. Hopefully some people read, don't um, want that. Did you read the Sneetches, the uh, Dr. Seuss book growing up? Probably, probably when I was really young, I yeah. don't remember it. That's a really good one. So it centers around these Sneetches and some of them have stars on their bellies and others don't. And the ones with the stars on their bellies were privileged and they had like little parties and they, you know, did their own thing and they played games together and they never invited the Sneetches that didn't have stars on their bellies. And then... In comes in this guy named Sylvester McMonkey McBean, who's got, you know, like dollar signs in his eyeballs. And he's like, I've got this machine that will give you all stars. And so the ones without the stars on their bellies go and they get stars on their bellies. And then the ones that had the stars to start, they're like, bro. <laughs> now everybody's got do? stars now we're and, all and, fucked. and mcbean goes to them and he says well, i got this machine that will take your stars off and so they do that and they're like oh well now we're the ones that are better the ones without stars are the best 
and then it all goes down until like you know he's McBean is making them all spend their money on changing stars on stars off until all their money is gone and he leaves town and I think that's like I think that's the problem is like we don't realize that you know if we're not united that you know we're just going to spend all of our money and somebody that was greedy is going to leave town and uh and so i like to say oh well you got a blue shirt you got a red shirt on well okay you know why don't we have a conversation with each other and let's respect one another and let's not like make the other person feel less than because of their position because clearly everybody is raised and has their own life experience and that's why they've gotten to the position that they've gotten to. So, I mean, let's let's give people the benefit of the doubt. But then again, you know, I totally understand if, like, you're talking to somebody and it's clear that they're taking that position. It's like, oh, you, well, you're wearing a red shirt. You're wearing a blue shirt. Well, I don't give a damn about you, you know, and, like, you're, you're nothing. It's like, well, I don't really want to be friends with a person that has that worldview, you know. But if if I see somebody that has a red shirt or a blue shirt on or whatever – and they're, you know, they're willing to listen and they're willing, but also to, you know, cordially and respectfully share their position without trying to assert it onto people. I think there's, that's a really awesome value in folks. And I've seen people on both sides of the aisle that are able to do that. That's how it should be. Steel, steel sharpens steel, right? The only way you can sharpen your idea is challenge it with another idea. Mm-hmm. And I think you hit the nail on the head that you just have to have a polite conversation mm-hmm. that you don't have to like the person you don't have to maybe you don't want to have it and you're like okay we're you know we're done but yeah. you leave on good terms it doesn't feel like a lot of people i don't know the percentage want to have that depending on certain views like if you abortion if you have someone who's super pro-abortion or pro-life and they're talking and you know somebody is anti-abortion and maybe religious and somebody they're they're trying to have this discussion that could that could be the end of the discussion before it happens well there's there's some issues that it's like yeah yeah it's like it's there's no give or take on certain issues for some people it's cut and dry Mm -hmm. this is the line and if you step over that line okay i can't we can't have a conversation anymore right and i you know i've seen a lot of that it's like um you can have your own opinion, but it's like it's like we can have a difference of opinion, but whenever you're like racist or homophobic or sexist or whatever, we don't have a difference of opinion. We have a difference in morality. And I feel like a lot of people have issues where it's like, wow, we have a difference in morality there. You know? You know what that makes me feel though? You should talk to those people more, not less. Because mm-hmm. when you exclude somebody based on their belief or based on maybe they have some homophobic thoughts or are voicing some homophobic whatever or being anti-Semitic, whatever. If you isolate them, they're just going to, they're going to double down on that belief. And they're like, fuck these people, fuck all these people. This is what I believe. This is me. But if you challenge their ideas and point out the flaws or challenge them with better ideas, that might make them change. It might, it might not. That's where growth happens. Yeah, man. but you don't get that growth if you shut them in a closet and say, no, fuck you, you're excluded from society now. You don't have to agree with their ideas. You can say, hey, this is a shitty way of thinking. And that's why uh, when a democracy is functioning like a democracy, 
And there are actual news stations out there that are allowed to put the news out there that isn't state-sanctioned or government-sanctioned. That's when more people are sitting around the table and talking about these issues, you know, and that's when growth happens. But whenever you're stunted and it's only one point of view, it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem, you know, and so it's... I wouldn't say that I love the fact that we have a CNN and a Fox News because that's that's too far. One is too far and the other is too far. But we need like our BBCs and our um you know um PBSs, you know, people that are kind of like grounded and rooted in centerism, you know, and telling these stories from all perspectives and getting all perspectives together around this circle to try and and come up with the actual truth instead of you know opinions that sound like the truth unbiased information Mm -hmm. you have to just present the facts to people and let them try to make their opinion absolutely and if it's wrong maybe help challenge those ideas or whatever but you can't if you start off biased it's very hard to correct back. Or make it clear, you know, whenever you're presenting your information, because sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just two Joes sitting around, you know, make it clear like, hey, I'm not an expert in this in this area, but, you know, we're bullshitting about it, just like you and I are, you know what I mean? And I think uh, people need to be more self-aware. I think there's like a huge self-awareness problem going on in the world right now. It's not. It's not like a polarization problem. It's like... It's like, just look at yourself and realize that the world doesn't revolve around just you, you know? Take a look at yourself. You are not better than anybody, you know? Take a look at yourself. Compete only with yourself and try to get better, but don't try to be better than others, you know what I mean? And I I think, like, if the whole world just had that point of view, we wouldn't have a Ukrainian conflict right now. We wouldn't have wars and all this unnecessary bloodshed and bullshit um but then again it all goes back to this like base psychology problem that some of these people have it's just little man complex you know just ego just driven by the id you know and yeah yeah i think that uh yeah i think that um a lot of people have it right because we're we're really focused on Ukraine right now, but there's a lot of a lot of countries out there that are doing a good job, and a lot of countries that are doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, China with the I always I always fuck up this word the Uyghur, the Uyghurs. Yeah. yeah, that's just going on. I mean, Saudi Arabia just mass executed like 150 people. They still have anti-gay rhetoric and stuff out there. I mean, take your pick, Yemen. Yeah, which Yemen's been. I don't know how long the civil war has been going on, but I think back in high school, it was still a problem. I don't know if it was a war then or if it was building, but I remember watching a, I think our teacher played a documentary or animated film documentary thing about it and just sitting there thinking, wow, this is insane. And here we are today and Yemen's still a problem. It's Mm -hmm. still falling apart over there. Yeah. Yeah. That Uyghur crisis is messed up. Insane. That is messed up. Insane. I am so glad that, we as a nation can say that that's wrong because do but see here's the thing do we do anything about that well i mean sanctions and it goes it goes back to like we need to hurt them 
but do we need to go to world war? You know, do we need to start war with China? I don't think so, but you know, we have, we have tools and we need to be not only strong with what we decide to do against these countries, like, like sanctions and stuff, but we need to talk strong too. And I think that, um, it would be nice if, um, you know, we were always in a position where we could, you know, just really hold those people accountable for those atrocities. There's no way to do it. You know, there's no easy way. It's hard when they're, you know, an ocean away from us. Mm -hmm. It's like, what can we, what can we really do? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we can buy American made. Which I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that we, we need to start doing that, especially with chips and semiconductors. Mm -hmm. We can't rely on these other countries. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these countries have uh, necessities and um, and and exports that uh, we rely on heavily. So um, you know, self-reliance, um, local food. Um, you know, if we can start relying less on fossil fuels for our transportation, that would be probably good. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. I think a lot of people right now are starting to look at uh, electric cars. People that I never thought would ever consider electric cars are looking at electric cars right now, you know, because of the um, because of the uh, stereotypes that were associated with those drivers before. But I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you feel about it? How are you are you hurting at the pump right now? Um, it's. I think everybody's hurting at the pump. Yeah. If you're, you well, know, on gas, it's well. I mean, it's like not, a, yeah, it's not everybody's, um, in the same boat, you know, cause I'm teleworking right now personally, mm. you know? So, um, I feel like there's been this kind of revolution that happened with the pandemic where some of these offices are realizing, oh, well maybe we don't need every single one of our hundreds of employees in the car spitting out black smoke back and forth you know hour a day um I, I think that's there's a lot of people you know and so I'm, it's nice to have these new new ideas come in or whatever because not everybody's uh position is the same but like the people that have to commute to work like i mean uh my girlfriend shy i mean she's still commuting to work she worked at the you know she's been working at the co-op for well over a decade and so she's she was still there nothing changed for her in the pandemic she just kept going to work like yeah, same business is normal same old you know what i mean there was no there was no work for home work from home for her but so yeah yeah i mean we're all hurting at the at the pump not everybody's hurting different, the same different extents yeah, yeah for sure yeah i i hope that stays yeah that idea that there really are jobs that you don't need to be in the office for that you can do from home and should do from home because why go sit at a desk all day if you don't have to? Mm -hmm. Like, why not stay home, be yeah. with your kids, work, enjoy yeah. life a little bit more? Yeah. You know, I hope that stays. Yeah. Yeah. And some people need that face to face or they need to be able to read people's facial expressions, which is, you know, it's good. Just like turn your camera on on WebEx or Zoom or whatever, or Teams or whatever you're on. Take your pick. There's so, <laughs> there's so many now. Yeah. So yeah. many. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Uh, it hurts though. I mean, <laughs> Schlafer's at a uh, eight and a half bucks a gallon down there in Mendocino. That's crazy. You saw that, right? It's ins it's it's ridiculous, and I don't get how people who can afford that. 
If you're, I, it cost me a hundred bucks to fill up. I've got that little Ranger out front. It cost me like a hundred bucks to fill that up. Yeah. That's insane. That's crazy. That's I want that <laughs> rebate though. I want that rebate like yesterday. Is that going through? Is I that... hope so. I mean, you'd think so. You know, it, it seems like it would have bipartisan support. It'd be weird. You don't want to be the one guy that stands up and says, we can't do this. We don't want $400 towards our gas. That's the worst. People need to pay. Yeah. Send them to the pump. Their, su- their, su- their support for Ukraine is enough. They just need to pay now, too. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, kind of more small potatoes, bipartisan support things, did you see the uh, the legislation possibly for um, ending daylight savings time? It went through, right? Yeah. So it passed um, in the Senate, and I think it needs House approval, and then it would need Biden to sign off on it. And a lot of people are upset, right? Because didn't we do this in the 70s and people were pissed? It didn't pan out how they thought it would. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that. But I do know that like daylight savings time is mostly antiquated because it was created for farmers. Mm-hmm. Right? And now everything is like the world is so different in the farming industry. For, I, and I'm not an expert in this area either. But uh, from what I understand, there's like a lot of like... There's a lot of logistics to iron out for it first. Like, you know, people don't think about like flights and just the overall like scheduling nightmare it's going to cause, you know, because people are so used to switching. There's, you know, all the logistics is going to be crazy. And I'm sure that there are certain people that make a lot of money on the way that things are now, just like any change, you know what I mean? But I would hope that like, I would hope that something just, it just makes sense to not go back and forth because from my perspective, I see like collisions going up whenever we go back and forth because people are just like groggy on their drive that first day. And, you know, if, I don't know, like, what do you think about it? Do you want to keep it? What did you see that was controversial? I'm, well, I th- I was listening to a podcast and I think they were talking about it's breaking points with Crystal and Sagar. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a really good news podcast. Oh, cool. Um, and they were talking about it. And I believe, uh, don't quote me on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it like it's a fact that we did it. We've done it before in the sixties or seventies. And it was a big problem, especially for the Northeast and the Midwest because it's dark. It's pitch black when people are going to work and going to school. Mm-hmm. And there was a problem with, I think there were a couple kids that were got hit by a car because it was pitch black and they were walking to school and they had to have kids start wearing reflective vests. And it was just, it was more trouble than it was good. And that's yeah. why we switched back to doing mm-hmm. daylight saving time. I can see that. Like just the morning being yeah. difficult. Yeah. If Absolutely. you're going to work in pitch black and you're at work for three hours and it's still dark outside, that might way on people yeah and then those you know on the other side it's like well okay but is it now dark whenever we're going home which is often the case yeah and then you might have longer nights which supposedly is the argument for it is that you get more sun after work yeah you can be outside longer and enjoy it more yeah it's like i mean a lot of people i think the most common schedule is the eight to five the nine to five yeah so i don't know I, i i'm not really in a camp i don't have an opinion about it i think if i was in school i might be pissed having to sit through your first three classes and it's pitch black outside i don't know if i would like that but maybe it would make up for it after school because you can go hang out with friends till i don't know seven eight o'clock and it's sunny out yeah and you get to enjoy your evenings yeah i think the winters would be a lot 
better, especially, I mean, here in Humboldt County, sometimes we have some of those days where it's nice and warm out where like, wow, you know, we have a little bit of extra time. We could actually go to the beach and like be in the sun and the beach after work. You know, that's, that would be pretty incredible here in Humboldt County. I mean, it's nice. This is my favorite time of year because you get those longer nights back. Yeah. That's, it's great for us. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is for the rest of the country. Yeah. I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for yeah. sure. And if I'm pretty sure we did it before and we switched back and it'll be interesting to see if those same problems arise and we switch back again. Yeah. I but who, who do I, I don't know anything about time. I'm just, you know, time's <laughs> made up. So yeah, well, it's always like uh, spring forward is easier or, um, uh, fall backward is easier than spring forward because that's the fall backward is like you get an extra hour of sleep pretty much and that's always like that's easy but i mean i haven't changed my clock in years it just changes automatically on i use my phone or my computer like i haven't done that <laughs> so it's not really a big issue for me because i don't i'm not changing anything you know yeah so yeah yeah are you excited for it do you think this is a good call yeah i think it's a good idea i think that um a lot of people are really thrown off because a lot of people are like very schedule oriented, you know what I mean? And so whenever they, whenever just the slightest thing gets thrown off, it's not just like one day of acclimating for them. It's like, it could be like weeks for them mm-hmm. to get back to normal. So I, I've for mostly from my perspective, I've heard a lot of people that are like really for it, for changing daylight savings time. But it's funny, we're talking about this and it's like, there's actual things that we could do. <laughs> that matter more (laughs) you know what i mean it's pretty small potatoes but you know it's there's other issues that are going on right now we still got the pandemic the opioid epidemic didn't go away you know we've got some international challenges that we've already discussed we've got uh we've got plenty of problems to tackle but it is weird that it's happening now with everything that's going on. Like, this is the issue we, we chose to tackle. That's the one Daylight that we got bipartisan yeah, support this, on. This is the one that we pushed her. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Out of all of the other ones we really need, let's focus on time. Yeah. There let's we get go. get that extra hour back. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, you know, let's not bring inflation down or anything. Let's no. just. Here's an extra hour at night. There you go. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get a little more sun. <laughs> Take that and be happy. We got those uh, interest rates going up, though. Yeah. is trying to tamp down on inflation with that a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how that... I, I don't know. And part of me wishes I was six, seven years older when 2008 happened so that I could have paid attention to it and seen the aftermath. Because I've heard a lot of people say this is how it felt back then, the mm-hmm. buildup, and that we're waiting for the other crash yeah and i've heard a lot of people say no this is the new normal now that yeah. these home prices these rates this is just what it is yeah. now yeah and i don't know because yeah. i'm i don't have anything to go off of i'm just trying to listen to as many people as i can but it doesn't seem like it's sustainable yeah. the market the with inflation with gas prices there are these pressures that are put on people and yet everybody's still buying stuff and so i'm sitting here it's my limited intelligence thinking, what the, where, when does the bottom blow out? Yeah. And it, it hasn't yet. I thought it would have happened months ago. Yeah. And stocks, stocks are kind of iffy just in general right now. I mean, you could be up so 1200 bucks a day and down three grand the next. So volatile. Yeah. But everything else, when, when does the back, when does, what happens? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel sustainable. Yeah. And so maybe the Fed hikes help. I've heard people say that's going to just push us into a recession or a depression even. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, 
it's hard to like tackle all of these challenges while at the same time we have significant issues that are going on because we we need to like make sure that we're giving people a livable wage you know i mentioned like grocery store workers and there's other like frontline workers or whatever and they're not like they're not making enough money worldwide you know what i mean or nationwide and did you see the thing oh, there's that uh restaurant down in ferndale that made reddit anti-work no i didn't oh gosh okay so there was this ad um and i'm not even gonna like i'm not gonna even name the name of the restaurant in ferndale because it's not it doesn't matter but they they were like we can't find any workers and like people are like it's because you're only offering 10 bucks an hour you know and and I, we really do need to like tackle the minimum wage problem and like making sure that we give people a livable wage while at the same time, like trying to focus on the fact that like people that are in high school (laughs) getting their first job don't necessarily deserve a household wage. (laughs) So how do we do that at the same time? That's the thing, right? People get mad hearing that. It's like, you're, you're you're in high school. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. But if you're, if you have dependents and yeah, or if you're just, you're out of high school you should be able to work 40 hours a week, afford your your place, your apartment, buy food, and not be worried if you can keep the power on. Mm-hmm. Like, that should just be a basic standard we set, that you can eat and you can sleep and you're going to be okay. I don't care where you work. If you're working 40 hours a week, you should be able to have meals and a shower and you should be able to afford, you know, a life for your child if you have one you know, your children, if you have them. And it's just a shame that it's like, there's a lot of people out there that are like working 40 hours a week and they can't afford those things. That's a huge problem. Or working two jobs and can barely get by. Yeah. That's a problem. That's, that's not right. But yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, how's the other gig going for you lately besides podcasting? Are you still doing some upholstery? Yeah. Yeah. Just plugging along. I'm, I'm in a weird spot because I'm, I live at home. I've lived at home since I graduated because I'm like, I don't want to go pay rent. So I'll just keep working and you, doing what I'm doing. Yeah, smart. And I equate it, this is just me, maybe my ego stepping in, but I feel like I'm almost in the position of those Greek philosophers where they didn't work. They didn't really do anything. They just drank and did what they did and thought about things. Uh-huh. I'm not doing so much of the drinking, but I, I get the opportunity to kind of just look at the world because I don't have to pay rent. And I can save my cash and I have a little more free time than I think most people would if they were working and stressing about yeah. rent because I would have to have two jobs. I wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah. You're like so Tyrion Lannister, man. You drink and you know things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know things, but I, I do a little drinking and I get, a, yeah. I get to hang out. But I'm in this weird position where I get to watch the world more than I would if I was working a job and couldn't do the podcast because I have to work and afford these other things. I don't know where I was going with that. What was what what was I just trying to say? Yeah, it's like uh, you know, you get to um trying to focus on learning. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Greek philosopher in that I get to I'm in this weird period in my life where I'm observing yeah. and kind of trying to save up cash and make a move when the opportunity presents itself. That's yeah. that's where I am in this stage of my life. The growing pains, the growing pleasures. Hell yeah. It's all part of the fun. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did you watch the new um The Sky is Everywhere? No, but that was filmed here locally, right? Yeah, they spent two million bucks on it here. 
Oh, wow. Which is like, that's another awesome thing. You know, shout out to Cassandra Hesseltine at the um, Film Commission because whenever uh, Apple TV Plus or a project like that comes here, you that's know, a big deal. they're starting to spend lots of money, um, you know, and, and every single time we've had a big movie shoot here, gosh, they've they've done well in the community. But this movie is beautiful, Nick. You got to check it out. Like the sapping of it the sappiness of it is like a little i don't know you know i watched it with my family you know it's a family movie yeah. it's a teen movie so there's like all these like teen hormones a little and cheesy like cheesy love triangle you know but and but it was also just beautiful like seeing humboldt in this way just seeing like the sort of like utopian version uh you know and i couldn't help i shouldn't even say this but it's like they filmed this beautiful scene on the boardwalk here in eureka and i was like oh they had to like move all the homeless people but it's like you're thinking this but also it's like yeah but we're we're working hard on those issues and we're trying to help those people and give them you know um uh, a leg up or whatever help you know boost them into a better life that's that's all great but yeah it's like you go to those locations or whatever and it's just they're shot in the way in a way that is just so magical, so special, so beautiful. Um, you know, having grown up here, it's and there's a, there's this other funny thing too. You know, it's like it's they make it seem like it's just like a stone's throw to the beach, just a stone's throw to like the beautiful like state park redwoods. You know, like everything's in their backyard. And I guess in Arcata you have a little bit of that more, but you know what I mean. It's like. Yeah, it's definitely a utopian version of Humble, but I think you'd appreciate I'll it. I'll have to like, check it out, yeah. Having grown up here and, yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool to see that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I, and really, you know, maybe you, sh- you could make it a uh, a drinking game. Just, you know, take a take a swig every time you see something corny because yeah. there's some corny stuff in there. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I'll have to check. It's on Apple. Apple TV Plus, yeah. Okay. The sky is everywhere. And then Jason Siegel was in it from uh, that How was, I Met Your Mother. That was another one that they filmed. Oh, is that his movie? Well, yeah. I mean, he was um, he kind of had a smaller role because it was more based on like the teens that are in the movie, mm-hmm. the teenagers. But um, he was like the the stoner uncle, so you know, he was like your like typical typical Arcaden kind of guy, you know, just like wearing the big sweaters and getting stoned all the time. And was this the movie that they were filming down in? They were doing a lot of work in Old Town and at the park. Yeah. Was yeah. that another? Was there another yeah, one there with some... Jason Segal? Yeah, but this old town. Yeah, they shot all everywhere. Over. Maybe this yeah. is the one because I remember him. He was directing one or doing something up here, so maybe this was that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there's a Jason. C. There's a TV series out. Somebody was telling me about it the other day with not Blue Ox. What is the name of that? Oh, the Craftsman. The Craftsman. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that? I didn't get to watch it yet, but I saw the um the trailer, and it's really it's nice. You know, speaking of seeing Old Town in a really beautiful way, like that trailer's gorgeous i've heard good things yeah and you know the blue ox they're offering um half price admission this month because they're kind of celebrating that thing out on discovery plus the craftsman with um uh what's that guy's name eric hollenbeck is the guy who runs the blue ox millworks okay and i mean he's done a lot of the stuff that's like in the interior of the carson mansion so i mean he's done some really important you know stuff with surrounding a lot of history big history in this area and uh yeah shout out to all the artisans in humboldt county because we have so many artists per capita in this place like that's another rumor that i've heard and i haven't seen actual statistics on it but i've heard that we have the most artists per capita here it's awesome i would believe that we have a lot yeah a lot of people just doing 
whatever creating whatever they can yeah whatever they want to you've been out of town at all lately have you um no i was in la back in october well i went to actually yeah i went to vegas for new year's hey we just went to vegas too did you yeah. how was it awesome yeah yeah what'd you do there uh everything you know, vegas you know we're just walking my favorite part was we hit up some of those piano bars uh-huh. that was oh so much fun we saw the the blue man group went to a couple really cool shows caught covid up there so that was you know a nice little going away present as you would expect it didn't stay in vegas yeah never does i'm sure i'm not the first person to say but (laughs) (laughs) but that was cool it was cool see it was exciting being out there for new year's because everybody was just there having fun and it felt like it did pre-covid yeah just everybody this communal atmosphere we're just all trying to have a good time yeah and that yeah. was it was nice to experience that yeah he's starting to see kind of like the way that life can be and stuff what i noticed in vegas that i thought was pretty cool at the time that we went is like you know we're kind of dealing with this oh are we masking are we not masking whatever is like the respect that i saw mm-hmm. there you know because it was like you'd be in one place and everybody would be in masks and it's like nobody had any problem there's like oh yeah it's people are more comfortable this way you know i'll just put it on you know what i mean were a lot or, of people wearing them when you went there yeah okay. yeah it seemed like in some places in some places they weren't you know kind of that's pretty much yeah that's how it was when i was yeah there. and so and it's like i think that's the kind of adaptability that we can learn from right now right is like you know is the staff all wearing masks you know i'm kind of like well if they are and they have to like do this thing and maybe not necessarily like to their liking all of them you know, some are doing it by choice. Some are being told to, whatever. It's like, well, I can have a little solidarity with them or whatever. It'd probably make them feel a little bit better. And I like seeing that, you know, I like seeing others kind of like, oh, let me read the rooms that I'm in. You know, we don't have to have like these like dead set, you know, black and white laws. You have to do like, this. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's do it respectfully or whatever. But yeah, Vegas was fun. We went over to, um, to Meow Wolf. I have not heard of that. Oh my gosh, dude. Amazing. This place, um, it's, it's all like neon, like bright colors, dark, like sort of like party vibe, like rave vibe art. Huh. And so. Like a gallery. It's like a gallery, but also like shopping and like food and drinks. And it's like, you're just in this immersive like colorful neon rave art machine but also like in a mall huh. you know and or like also like at a club you know what i mean it's just it's it's incredible and so i was reading up about it and there's like some of the things you know it's very visual so there's like a lot of original art associated with it it's very vibrant and colorful and it you know just evokes all these artful emotions or whatever but you know at the same time it's like they kind of focus on the music too so whenever you go in there it's like this kind of like ravey you know trance techno you know kind of bass driven music and stuff but it's all original music created like when where we went all the music it was like three days of music or something all made by brian eno who's like a guy who's like one of the founders of electronic music um and and he did oh my gosh and so you go into every single room and like your typical surround sound is what like six speakers you know like they have like 
50 speakers. Oh, a serious setup. It's like in every single room that you're in. So oh, the wow. Mu- like the sound is just, for an audio nerd like ourselves. It'd be insane, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it sounds so good. But then all there, there's a bunch of like interactive art and like weird like video games that you can play in there. And there's like an arcade and there's like, you can make music in there, but like also it keeps with the vibe of it. So you're just kind of manipulating the music. So it's interactive. It's, it's interactive art. Um, and what we did was um, the Omega Mart, which is in Las Vegas. And so you go in there and it's basically just like a bright grocery store and you're going down the aisles. But all of the items are like straight up like weird stuff like out of The Simpsons or something. Like really strange cartoonish items. And like some of them you can actually buy them. But most of it is just like fake, like weird, weird things. Like, I mean, I can't even think of anything right now. It's like roast beef toothpaste or something, you know, just like weird. Gro- okay. like out of the norm. Just nor- like crazy, like acid trip type stuff. And then there, so we're cruising through there and then they have like a tent and you walk by the tent or whatever. And you're like, oh, it's like, there's like a little tent that you can crawl into. That's weird. But, and so you keep shopping or whatever. This is our experience. And then we pass by the tent again and it's like, oh, I'm going to crawl in there and see like what, so you crawl through the tent and it's like this whole other huge world. Like I'm talking like, I don't know, like hundred thousand square feet. Like just oh, huge. monster other world. Like where you can crawl up into things and go up into like new like bars, like a bar within the bar within like, and it's all hidden. And it's it's just it's nuts. Dude. Oh wow! It's yeah, it's really fun. So you got to check out Meow Wolf, and then we saw David Copperfield. Which like oh how was that? My daughter loved it, man. You know, I mean, we were all kind of like, oh, we know yeah, exactly what, we... what he's doing. Yeah, here. but she oh she loved it, and he's a heck of a performer. You know, he's definitely a showman. And we watched um, Love the Cirque du Soleil Beatles show, and that was so pretty good. good. Yeah, oh was, yeah, it was awesome. I wasn't necessarily like a huge fan of um, the Beatles. Like I was more of like a Stones Zeppelin kind of guy from that era. Um, uh, you know, but my girlfriend, she's just, she loves Beatles. So it was like really special for her. But oh, cool. Yeah. It's nice checking out that, you know, like getting back to checking out live music and going to shows and just stuff. going out. Yeah. Just having a good time and everybody kind of letting their worries down yeah. and just, just having these communal experiences as people again. All this release. Yeah. That like, I mean, you know, last time you and I talked, we had been kind of stuck inside for a while. Yeah. We were. It was, we were kind of just coming out of everything. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's like, you know, it's that, that sort of tension. It's like... That yeah. angst that everybody's just on, everybody's on a razor's edge. Just yeah. Just shaking. Get out and do life, you know. Go out and live your life and have some fun. And we've been doing that too. Like we went and saw Band of Horses um, in LA. Used that Avalo flight, which is so cheap. Amazing. So nice. Just right out of here. Just yeah. fly out. Pop on up to the airport. Yeah. It's nice to see all the airport upgrades they're doing. I know. It's which is perfect because that's a great little airport right there. They should have all these flights. Yeah. Like that's it would just make sense. It's Bring like the in. Reno flight went away. It's like nobody wants to go to Reno. Yeah, we'll take that. We've already got Vegas. We're okay. We Sorry. I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to go out to Reno, but I'm not one of them. It's like, yeah, I looked at it, you know, because I'm a snowboarder. And so I love I love heading out to the mountain. And I was like, well, gosh, if I can hop on a flight and go snowboarding that would be great but then you got to like 
get the hotel and you got to like get an uber like a 40 minute uber ride out to the mountain you know or whatever and rent stuff because you don't want to bring it all on a plane it's like oh that that starts adding up that's not as convenient as just hopping in the car and going out to shasta or ashland you know so i can kind of see why it went away maybe i'll come back and I liked the idea of being able to see some like bands in the Reno Tahoe area because you know a lot of bands go through there and it's kind of like a a lesser attended destination for shows but like a lot of big bands go there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, like like uh they've got like I think like Modest Mouse and Jack White and there's all kinds of people that I like personally that are that have upcoming shows in Reno. So I was like I was looking at that flight for that. You know, because it was another one of those cheaper ones, mm-hmm. Aha Air or something. But we have so many destinations now, and uh, it's great. You know, Vegas and Los Angeles, San Francisco and Denver and Phoenix, and being able to go to all these places, get the connections, is like pretty amazing for our community. Being so isolated sometimes, it feels. yeah. Now a couple hours you can be anywhere. Yeah, You're, you don't have to drive five hours to San Francisco and then catch a flight and yeah. then deal with it coming back. You can just drive up to Arcata and you're you're out yeah the connections are legit like uh so but when we were there you probably noticed this that the parking lot was crazy full the par- oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah there's a lot of people it was slammed flights. oh my god we went the, our flight was full I, I i can't remember the last time i've seen that airport that busy i haven't been there in a few years other than that vegas flight but it was slammed I was like, where everybody's trying to go to Vegas. Every, yeah, everybody's everybody's getting out there in the world, you know. They There's definitely like, need to expand the parking lot. They did, and yeah, and that's work. what they're doing with that money. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, I, f- I hope the numbers are right. They went from they're going from three hundred and seventy five parking spots to five hundred and seventy five, so two hundred more. And I mean, like, you're going from three seventy five and adding two hundred more. That's, that's, that's a decent little jump. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot more. You know, I mean, they have the land up there to do that. Yeah, they can spread it out a little more. Yeah, because it was, I mean, we drove. We were kind of, you know, how it slopes down there. We were kind of towards the bottom. I like that little micro grid that they have out there. That's that's pretty cool. Like whenever I think that thing was pretty helpful when um, PG&E was cutting us off there. I don't know what. Where does that provide power to? Uh, so I think it has, um, it's affiliated with the university. Oh, is it? Okay. And and I don't know if it, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to look at that. But I know that, um, I think that they were helpful in providing energy, I think to like Blue Lake, am I, I'm, I may be misremembering it. It's all kind of jargled in two years ago or whatever, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's something with blue lake no maybe blue lake had their own i don't know either way it's like it's nice seeing those like little solar microgrids like wind start energy popping is up popping yeah up too here and we're gonna start seeing more of that and i think um california is probably gonna be you know continue to be one of the biggest economies in the world you know uh isn't isn't it right like california is like the fourth biggest economy something in the like world that something. that sounds about right yeah yeah and it's like we're just a state i know <laughs> We do a lot of commerce. Yeah. We just got to keep it, keep everything going. Sustain, man. Yeah. We gotta, yeah. We got to keep it going. Lower lower some taxes, lower the fuel prices, and let, let people start creating again and we'll oh, be yeah. okay. We, however we do it, man. It's like, let's make sure that everybody um, can keep living, you know, and keep providing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, man. We could, we could wrap this up. We've almost done two. I 
Gotta go try to squeeze into another workout. I got a podcast tonight. Oh my gosh, we've been here forever. <laughs> I know. I gotta. I have to start asking people when they come in. Hey, do you have a time? Is like, there a time? Need, yeah. Do you need to leave at a certain time? Because I, I felt had, like it was like this last time. It was like it felt like it was like a fifteen minute chat, and, and like then you look and it's like, oh, we've later. been here. Okay. Yeah. You walk into this room and it's like it's a casino. You know, shuts out time. Yeah. It's like oh shit. Okay. Oh, yeah, Nick. Oh, um, awesome. Where can people find you? Humble last week. Oh yeah. Plug all your stuff. Humboldtlastweek.com, Everybody, please support the program. Um, please keep supporting your community. Keep supporting Nick. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, man. It's it's been a blast. It's always a blast having you on. We got to do this more for sure. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.